0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Paranormal Sun. As you go through the series of episodes that I've done for The Paranormal Sun, this episode will be a bit of an outlier. I originally did an intro way back when I started the program, but the audio was so terrible when I went back to try and edit it, there wasn't a lot I could do to save it. So this is the rare occasion where I've gone back and re-recorded an episode so that you've got some better sound quality. I just really felt that that first episode, the sound quality was so bad, people could fully expect to go into the rest of the series and say, Oh, you know, if this is what the sound quality's like, I don't know if I'm going to like it. So on that very original episode that I did, I covered over first and foremost, some of the topics that I, I was going to cover and I've already covered a lot of those. Now, most people have a interest in the UFO topic in the UFO field. So, As I go through the weeks, generally, I'll do one topic on UFOs, a certain UFO case or series of cases, and then I'll do something else, and then I'll do another UFO case like that, back and forth. Now, I've got very wide-ranging topics that I cover, and every episode isn't for everyone. I fully get that. But I try and give you a wide range, and I try to give you some of the things that you may very well never have heard of. I do cover some of the more well-known UFO cases. But at the same time, I try and cover some of those hidden gems, cases that you may have never known existed, and some that are actually, you know, they've really got the best evidence for UFOs being a real phenomenon. So I cover on the show everything from UFOs and alien abductions to ghosts and the paranormal, supernatural, unexplained, history's mysteries, lost treasures, out-of-place artifacts in history, and everything in between. Some conspiracy theories, alternate possibilities like what really happened during and after World War II. I cover a little of all of these things and I always encourage the listeners to write to me if there's something specific you'd like me to cover. Now I've got a backlog of hundreds of show topics to cover, but if you write to me and you say, hey JT, is there any chance that you can cover one of these episodes? I'm more than happy to Rearrange things and try and get that episode to you as soon as I can. I know what it's like when there's something, especially when you first hear about a topic, and you say, I really want to know more. You know, and that's the truth. You know, you want to know more. That's where your mindset is at that time. You want to devour everything you can about that topic. So I try and be nimble and agile and try and get things to you in a timely manner if it's requested. So if you ever do want to do that, if there's an episode you'd like me to cover or something or questions, You can email me directly at theparanormalsun at gmail.com. So all one word, no special symbols or anything, at gmail.com, same as the show. Now on that note, you can also go over to the show's website, which is www.theparanormalsun.com. You can go over there, you can check out the program, you can check out my blog that I do over there, you can listen to all of the episodes there on there. You can go over there and order merchandise if you so like. And you can support the show there through PayPal if you would like to. So, you know, don't forget about that website. You can find The Paranormal Sun on Instagram. On all of these sites that I've set up, I've got the same logo as the program's podcast cover. So, you know, the original, that green background, that green dark background with the UFO and the white lettering. That is my profile picture on all of the platforms. There's a Facebook page. I've got a TikTok set up for the program and also on YouTube. So you can just search the Paranormal Sun and look for that little icon to come up. Now, to give you a bit of a background about myself, I'm originally from the Pacific Northwest in the U.S. I'm originally from Idaho State, and I live there and in and around in Washington and Montana, and we had family in that region. Now that area of the US, for those of you who don't know, those all of those states, northern Idaho. Western Montana and eastern Washington are like one big state. They're all underrepresented in their state's legislature because there's a smaller population. And generally, you're talking about an area of mountains and forests. And so this is where, you know, the legend of the Sasquatch or Bigfoot is very prevalent is in this area, as well as, you know, further north into British Columbia and that in Canada. So, you know, we grew up in and around a lot of these different phenomenon, there are some very famous urban legends and haunted areas in that part of the part of the uh, US. I didn't get a chance to go and explore a lot of it when I was a boy because none of it was really within walking distance and we didn't have the money to go and see a lot of these things. But there's everything up there from purported haunted mines to abandoned homes and all sorts of things. Now, when I was a young boy, we had a home library And really what it was was a collection of mainly paperback books, hand-me-down books and that that we had. But from a very young age, I started reading these books, and some are, you know, iconic books in UFO literature. So I remember at least reading through, thumbing through the book, uh, Flying Saucers Are Real, which is one of the most iconic books written about UFOs. I remember reading works from, you know, everyone from John Keogh to um you know jacques Vallee and everything in between all kinds of different books and from a very young age i i didn't really have an opinion one way or the other i wasn't certain that ufos existed or what they were or anything else but i was intrigued by it and one of the earliest cases that i can remember was the kelly hopkinsville case with the purported goblins the kelly hopkinsville goblins that glowed and that case really surprised me because you know as a kid you're reading this and you're like this sounds like something straight out of Scooby Doo or from your Saturday morning cartoons so yeah like i say from a very young age i read up on a lot of these things i remember some other books that we had about mythology and uh different things there was a book from scandinavia specifically norwegian tales about trolls and so what i'm saying is that from a very young age my mind was a very fertile place for these things Growing up in the 80s, we also got introduced to a lot of things like Unsolved Mysteries on TV. Really got into that. Uh, back then, we only had three TV channels, so when Unsolved Mysteries came on, I was very happy. And I was always hoping there would be some story on there about something that was a little bit different. If it was a, like, the Amelia Earhart uh, mystery, or a lost treasure, or a UFO case, I wanted something different. You know, I didn't just want. Uh, a con man that ripped off people, or something like that, and so when those episodes came out, I was always thrilled. Now, a little bit later on, another TV series started coming on called Sightings, and that was all about UFO cases around the world, and right now on TV, there is that program that a lot of people have seen called Paranormal Caught on Tape, or Supernatural Caught on Tape, one or the other, sorry, and they'll show UFO sightings and that on there, kind of, you know, like current ones. And that's how sightings was back then. You know, they would say, oh, we've been covering these this case, this ongoing case. We've had footage sent to us. And again, that was another program that I got really interested in. Then as time went on, I really started enjoying things that were a bit older, that I didn't get to see on the three networks. And when I got a bit older and we moved to the Midwest, when we lived in Illinois, I had a friend of mine his grandparents had cable television and we would go and visit them quite often. And on a and I started getting to watch programs like In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy and Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World. Those episodes have formed some of the most lasting impressions in my memory. Some of the things that I want to cover on the program, but I've already covered over. Things like Nan Madol, for example. I first saw that on In Search Of and that was just an amazing case. I couldn't believe that You know, these supposedly uncivilized islanders had built this massive city out of basalt stone in the middle of nowhere on a coral reef. To this day, although there are scientists who try and explain it, it's very difficult for me to believe that the explanation has been found. Now, just because something is mysterious or, you know, we don't understand it all doesn't mean, in my mind, that aliens had to do it. It could have very well been people, you know, but... There might have been something we don't know about, a lost or hidden technology. There are things that they talk about, like moving these stones by magic or by voice. So, again, this is the sort of thing that fascinates me. I'm not one of those people that believes everything is aliens. I do stay open. And that is the whole layout of the show, is that I present the information to you, and I try and allow you to make up your own mind occasionally i might give you a little bit of my interpretation or my feelings on a certain topic but in general like i say i try and leave it up to you now as i got a bit older i really got into a man who was doing a radio show overnight named art bell who did a program called coast to coast am now art bell started out doing political commentary and then he had a program on about ufos and he basically went down that path and never looked back. And Art Bell would have all sorts of guests on. And again, Art Bell was the skeptical host. He would allow people on and he would let them claim whatever they wanted to, but he would definitely ask the hard questions. And if he felt that somebody was full of it, he would tell them, I think you're full of it. And so it was a real good introduction to me at that time being, you know, in my late teens to someone who could be open, but at the same time, you know, have a skeptical mind and query a lot of these inconsistencies in some of these stories. So, for me personally, Art Bell probably pulled me much further into the field than I would have been otherwise. Now, one of my earliest uh, authors that I read a lot of was a man named Charles Fort. Now, you'll realize as you go through the playlist on this podcast, I've done two episodes about Charles Fort because I wanted to give you a bit of a background about this man, He's a very forgotten figure in the world of the paranormal and the unexplained. If you've ever heard of the term Fortean or Fortiana, yeah, that came from Charles Fort. Basically, this man is the first person who sat down and started categorizing a lot of these mysteries. So he would get clippings from newspapers and magazine articles all over the world. He would gather them together, and then he started publishing them in books. And he would categorize strange snow that was falling, red snow, black snow, snowflakes 18 inches wide, green hail, blue hail, things like that. And then he would have another one, you know, where he would cover several falls of fish from the sky, and frogs, and then he would have another section about sea serpents. And so, he first really started categorizing this, and as far as I'm concerned, he is really the forefather of what we now call the mysterious or the unexplained type phenomena, He's the one who really started putting it out there for people to consume and do their own research. So do yourself a favor and look up who Charles Fort was and like I say I've got two episodes coming up in the queue for you to listen to. His most famous book was called The Book of the Damned. I do a news segment every week called The News of the Damned where I cover over at least three and sometimes four or five different topics that are in the current news cycle about something within these type of fields. One of the great things for me was I'm from the generation that we still had to go to libraries and read things in books. So the Internet's great, don't get me wrong, but there are lots of old books that I remember reading. And there are cases, folks, that I can tell you if I couldn't remember that I read it in a book and it happened in Italy in 1960 you'd really struggle to find it online. You wouldn't even know what you're, what you're looking for. So I'm really, really glad that I had a chance to go back and read those, those books when I was young. People have asked me before, JT, why do you do this? What's the interest in it for you? Well, really, the whole interest to me is, what's this all about? What is the UFO enigma about? Is there an afterlife? What is with these out of place artifacts? You know, cities where there shouldn't be cities or cities that are purportedly thousands of years older than we should have had civilizations on the earth. Things like the Sphinx, and you hear about these alternate theories of the weathering that it could be 12,000 years old. To me, that's the real mystery, and that's what I want to know. I want to know what happened here, you know, and if it's not being disclosed to us by mainstream academia, then why? What's the secret? What are we hiding? So that's really my interest in this field and i've just always been fascinated by it you'll hear me talk a good bit on the show about skeptics versus debunkers so i've got no problem with a skeptical mind you should go into something especially something as extraordinary as ufos out-of-place artifacts you know something like you hear the story of atlantis you should be a bit skeptical but a debunker is someone who just goes into a situation with the whole purpose of proving it wrong, because, you know, for whatever reason, they've already made up their mind. Now, that's not a skeptical mind. That's just someone who's already made up their mind, and they're hell-bent to poke holes in whatever theory there may be. So, there's always time on my program for skeptics. Debunkers, not so much. The program is also a political free show. I don't discuss politics on the show. Very rarely I might when it comes into something like the news of the damned but I really don't think that's what you would want to tune into this program for. I think that it's more of an escape for you from your everyday life and all of the things that are going on in the world. And the last thing you need is to hear me going on about politics or cramming it down your throat. So we don't cover politics. We do talk about religion when it comes up in stories and that. But again, we don't sit here and discuss religion on the program. We leave all the divisive topics at the door. I always try and be respectful to anyone. And anyone who is respectful to me will get my time. I also consider every theory and every different topic, I will consider it. Just like everyone, I have my own opinions, but I'll consider it and I'll bring it to your attention. To me, it's a bit silly if I say, well, my theory about this is right, but your theory is completely wrong. When we're dealing in a field of largely unproven and anecdotal evidence in a lot of this, it's a bit of a hypocritical stance if I sit here and say, well, I know this is right, but yours is wrong. So you won't get a lot of that on the show. There are times that I will read things, and I will have a bit of a chuckle. But again, I try and keep an open mind. So with all that having been said, folks, like I say, if you want to reach out to me, you now know how to get a hold of me. You can write an email to theparanormalsun@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can go and find me on the website. You can find me on social media. And with that, sit back, relax, enjoy the episodes, don't be afraid to get a hold of me, and thank you so much for listening to the Paranormal Sun. This has been JT, and wherever you are, I hope you have a great day.